0: Two, ready, one. Hello and welcome to Say That. I'm the podcast where you big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me, in a sense here, from his own home, also in Chicago, is the founder of Vision USA, Glenn Fitzgerald.
1: I'm here and I am handling my own audio And I do not feel good or strong about that.
0: We'll see if the listeners notice a difference. Also joining us, Director of Mission USA Productions, Jed Brewer. Here, but socially distant. (laughs) (laughs) For some of us, that's a pre-existing condition. Joining us all the way from Rokers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. The
2: most socially distant of all the Say That hosts, 500 miles away from the other
3: three guys. (laughs)
0: I have been described as emotionally 500 miles away from people in my life. Does that count? Or are you, you're only measuring actual footage? Also,
2: 500 miles makes Matt really happy because he likes Scottish pop true. stars. Yeah.
0: I know more than one Proclaimer song, which is more than anyone west of Edinburgh knows.
1: <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> true.
0: Well, um, so how was your week? You listening to this? Everything going? <laughs> Going smooth. We're we're here. We're all in our respective homes and workplaces, because the state that three of us live in is in a stay at home order, which sounds
4: fun. I, I'd like to note I actually have a dual lockdown. Oh because the the state has a lockdown, but so does my town. That's true. So I'm I'm on a double lockdown. Well, semi-disturbingly, uh Glenn and I live
0: in the town next to yours, and it's ours isn't on lockdown right that's right it's geographically very very close but But not (laughs) lockdown because
4: the germs just have
0: to stop at harlem they can't keep going that's right (laughs) a little local street reference for the people so uh yeah it's uh we hope your your experience is going great um we did already pre- apologize for this, but we'll add a post apology because I've I've gotten many uh, messages from people listening to a couple our last couple of episodes that were recorded pre situation intensifying where we may have we may have made light of the the idea. I got a text message from front of the show Brad Warren who said, "Well, I'm eight minutes into the emergency and nothing horrible's happened yet. Let's hope that keeps up."
1: Hey, if nothing horrible happens in the first eight minutes, that's probably like a record for us, I think. So true.
0: So I shared with him, and I will share with you folks, um, one fun behind-the-scenes detail. In the last episode, because we were batch recording and Lee wasn't still with us, I made an offhand joke of, mm. maybe he's not with us because he's quarantined for coronavirus. Because that was still a funny, Ouch. weird thing to say.
1: <laughs> that was cut out
0: of the final product.
4: Oh. Ah. But uh but other than that, how how are the four of us feeling? Whoa, stop everything. I have an emergency. I think we already stopped everything. But go ahead. I declare not just an emergency, not just a state emergency, not a national emergency, not an international emergency, gentlemen, an intergalactic emergency. Whoa. Wow. Matters of the highest order, the most importance. I'm talking about cheetos
1: oh i thought you were talking about a virus
4: oh no i don't i don't i don't even know what that word means i'm talking about cheetos glenn oh. i'm talking about wow. fried cheetos. corn that has yeah. cheese flavored powder on top of it Ex- exploded fried corn yeah yes. that has some yes.
0: viral qualities of its own <laughs>
4: I mean, what topic (laughs) could be more important to the continuation of the species than that, Glenn? I I, ask you. Really?
1: I don't think of anything right now.
4: Look, here's the thing. We're dealing with a lot. And principally, we're dealing with a Cheetos cover-up. And I'll tell you how I know that. Because there's orange fingerprints left on it? (laughs) Well, there's definitely that. That, And that's hard to get away from. But here's the thing. I'm at the grocery store, and, and I'm not hoarding, and I want to be clear about that. Right. I see a bag of the Cheetos popcorn. Now I've never seen this before. Well I love the popcorn and I love Cheetos. Yeah. I'm thinking it's a whole new thing. Yeah. And so I buy a bag and I take it home and gentlemen, it's a snacking revelation. All okay. right. It's it's a whole new world of snacking. Okay. So I put a little post on the Facebook about my enjoyment of the Cheetos popcorn. I hear from a buddy here in Chicago that's never even heard of it. Wow. Wow. All right. If there were ever... You hadn't heard of it. And then I had. Here's what we know. The media is trying to keep the Cheetos popcorn down it is what they don't want you to know. Oh no. Oh, I thought the I conspiracy. thought Conspiracy Jed
0: might pop up this week. I didn't think Cheetos oh, he's here. <laughs> would be the instigation.
2: I figured it would be about how like the pyramids are UFO airports or something. I thought it
0: might be Please. about how there was some kind of gut conspiracy with
4: the media failing us, but again, didn't think Cheetos would be involved. Gentlemen, here's the kind of links that the global Illuminati is willing to go to to silence <laughs> now, now the word list. getting out. Big Cheetos. They will crash the stock market to distract us from Cheetos. That's how far they're willing to go, wow. gentlemen. Big Chester.
1: <laughs> Big Chester. <laughs>
4: well I
3: look,
1: say uh, you know, here's my question, because I've not had the Cheetos popcorn. And I'm just trying to work out, why are people trying to keep me from finding out about this? You know what I mean? That's a good question. Why indeed? My my question is, are you basically, in order to achieve the Cheetos popcorn, is that basically Cheeto dust on popcorn? That's exactly what it is. Well, that begs the, the obvious question, can we not just score... Pure, uncut Cheeto dust. Oh yeah! (laughs) Just put it on anything we want.
0: You can in this town, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Can you like put?
2: Can you put uncut Cheeto dust like on an omelet? Oh, just like a.
1: (laughs) You just exploded all of my brain right now. It's gonna
0: leave a big mess inside the metal briefcase that you meet the guy on the outskirts of town, and you have one full of cash, and he has one full of Cheeto dust.
2: Like a helicopter lands and a guy hands you a, a, a backpack full of Cheetos. Yeah, that's that's right. what I'm talking that's about.
1: Right. Coffee grinder, Cheetos in it, grind them up, <laughs> boom. You're on your omelet, you're having a party right there. Yeah, big time.
0: We, we are talking about survival skills, which we need because of the great problem facing us all, the secretiveness of the Cheetos Corporation.
4: That's exactly right. right. Exactly right. I can't even remember why we're currently unable to leave our homes. And I don't want to get into that. But whenever no, that passes, yeah. right, whenever that passes, here is what needs to occur. Here's the really important thing in these trying times. I need a high-end steakhouse. To step up. Say it, Jed. And right now, I mean, you can't go to a high-end steakhouse or any steakhouse or any restaurants, but in the future, when <laughs> you can again, you know, you go to a high-end steakhouse and you can have it topped with a hollandaise. You can have it yep. topped with like a horseradish crust. I'm yeah. talking... Don't stop, Jed. A steakhouse that has the vision to serve a fine 21-day dry-aged porterhouse with Cheetos dust <laughs> on top. Wow. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> That's a dry rub on a... I need. I need
2: like a... A 30-hour cooked pork butt, yes. dry-rubbed with Cheeto
0: Come dust. On. <laughs> well, this also brings up another amazing fantasy, which is calling Morton's and asking if they deliver. <laughs> they had Chili's is still doing delivery and curbside. Y'all doing that, or what's the deal?
1: <laughs> Here's my question is, why do we have to think of everything? I mean, we're getting all these amazing ideas. I assume people are writing this stuff down. I mean, for heaven's
4: sake. One would certainly hope.
1: I'm
0: just glad that the only news app Jed have is on his phone, being made by the Lay's Corporation, finally paid off for all of us. <laughs> it had exactly one download, Lay's World News, but Jed checks it every day.
1: You know, hey, if <laughs> we we were talking about this on the Facebook, but it's worth making note of. Which is, we discovered that in the UK, they have Cheetos, but they call them... What do they call them? What's-its. whats it, whats it? Okay, right. first of all, uh, we need to know who stole from who on that. That's that's important. Well, the English because-
0: invented words, as we learned from a beloved podcast, The Bugle. So, I think we're going to have to take the hit on that
1: one. Well, okay. Because uh, it sounds like we invented Cheetos. And they mockingly just said, "Ah, just uh, whozits? We just make a, just put it, you know, put them in a bag, called it whozits." You know, it's like almost an insulting version of the same thing. So we got We got to get to the bottom of that.
0: Well, the thing I love about our friends in Britain, and I and I do love them dearly, is what's it's is, could be that thing that is a delicious snack. But it also could have been the thing they called the most destructive bomb they built during World War II. <laughs> right. Cuz that's just kind of how the the high low works. Just oh, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a hydrogen what's it?
1: Yeah, it's a <laughs> you know, hydrogen whirly gig, uh, you
4: know, it's got all the fiddly bits in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> got a truck I mean, no full of what's it. Be careful in the roundabout. <laughs>
4: I I believe in your research, you discovered that there were also uh, an Indian varietal of the Cheetos as well.
1: Yeah, it turns out like, uh, and this is, uh, I want to go ahead and copyright this uh, Cheetos Multiverse. Oh, yeah. That's that's happening out there. Wow. Because you've got uh, Indian, uh, you know, Cheetos sold in India that have Indian flavor. On the Cheetos, why am not I not eating that right now? Like a, you're talking about like a garama masala, Cheetos, something you know one of some one of those, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's a like, Cheetos curry. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, you know I'm just here eating a regular Cheeto like an idiot.
0: <laughs> Cheeto is <laughs> so spicy. Anyway. You can <laughs> see through time.
1: That's what I want. I, I want a, to eat a Cheeto that just, like, disturbs me inside of myself with the spiciness
4: of it. Oh, until yeah. you
0: got to that last part, I was going to say, I think that's just Cheetos.
4: <laughs> 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 but I, I think we've, we've stumbled across something incredible here, which is the idea of the Lay's cinematic universe.
0: Yeah. Where
4: all of oh, my yeah. favorite that's snack foods night. are tied together. In On a a, team to save the world. This is what I'm talking about.
1: You're talking about a CGI Chester the Cheetah. Yeah. And he's just he's out there solving crimes,
2: man. But but you can't you can't forget uh you know barbecue baked lays and and chili flavored cheetah uh chili flavored flavored fritos.
4: Absolutely. Oh. I I feel like Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes is a part of the team. Sure.
1: Sure. Oh yeah. 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 Here, here's now. the
4: disturbing thing to me is presumably the the
0: bad guy, you know, the Thanos, the dark side or whatever of the lay cinematic universe would be someone who wants to devour everything in their universe, right? Which means it would probably have to be Jed. Oh <laughs> yeah. They all have that to band exactly. together to stop Jed from eating all their loved ones.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 pretty good. I the the alternate one I was going to go with was that it was. I mean, this is obvious, but it's it's the villain that that you know only wants you know, extremely healthy food. And I was just going with the name Lord Kale. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, Lord Kale. That fits.
0: You got some kind of uh, you know, juicer of great power that turns all the lays into kale chips.
1: Yeah,
4: exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: I think the infinity juicer, which I was try- was what I was trying to pull there, is is a fine idea.
4: Oh, I love it! I love it! Yeah. Well, you know, I'm really, I gentlemen, I, I appreciate you letting this be a safe space where I can air the things that are really important to me. You know, oh, that yeah. I can, you know, that that we don't have to be distracted by whatever's going on in the world outside. We can we can get down and talk about the things that matter most, like Cheetos.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's really important stuff, fellas. Yeah. You know
4: we try
0: to That's avoid great. the news of the world, the news of the day on the show here, um but you know sometimes uh, things are just so grand that we have to get involved. And yeah. I think I think we handled it.
4: And on that basis, I declare a very delicious although very hard to get off of your fingertips emergency off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Indeed.
0: Well, this is where we normally and will again uh plug our bridge box uh service maybe Maybe you're you're stuck inside for a while. Maybe you need some good, solid encouragement and entertainment coming to your inbox. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. Only $8 a month. However, we have a second thing to plug. That's right. A, a personal yes. best. A second thing to plug. Uh, we are here in the state of Illinois under a stay-at-home order, meaning we cannot have our weekly bridge service because we have, not to brag, but more than 50 people uh, attend that service. So we are, for the uh, foreseeable future, doing it online. That's right, Facebook Live every Tuesday at 7.30 Central Time. You're going to get a bridge service you can watch, you can get in the chat, you can participate with us. Come join us every Tuesday at 7.30 Central and get
2: involved. It's very cool, by the way. Very cool.
0: We should mention, if you need a little extra something on your... uh, Sunday mornings. Maybe you can't check out your own church. Maybe they haven't figured out the live stream situation yet. Uh, go, uh, go, uh, get a little something from our friends at Christ Community Church down there. You can follow. You can check out Lee's social media for all that they're streaming there Sunday morning, as well. Lots of good Woo. ways to get some positivity and some encouragement. All right, we are going to jump to our first question. You ask all the way to the end. I get some ways you can get in touch with us. First question comes in anonymously and says. So, with a lot of time to fill and a history of negative thought spirals and all that's going on, how do I stop from losing my mind for the next several weeks?
3: <laughs>
0: and, uh, Glenn, this may, be, this may be the question facing all of us. So where would we start off?
1: Well, look, yeah, I mean, for sure, uh, under normal circumstances, my thoughts tend to only go in spirals. So, that's, I can relate to that. Spiraling there's, there's towards no doom that's right it it, it's you know there's a lot of crisis in what we deal with in the day-to-day so you know there there's a certain amount of uh, uh uh fighting this on 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 a usual basis that we go through uh but i think let's start here the thing about uh you know dealing with sort of a downward spiral of any kind of negative thought about anything it's about having an attitude that I'm going to go proactive. My whole attitude here is I'm going to go on the offense with this thing. Uh, the moment that I feel like this is rolling back onto me and I'm not in control anymore, that's where the problem comes from. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, we are around here uh, because we work with uh, guys uh, from the neighborhood, from you know, gang areas and whatnot. Uh, gang members would say, when you think you're getting to us, that's when we're getting to you. And that's, I think the message we want to send to the enemy is we're here, you know, whatever happens, negative, whatever happens, uh, to kind of push me down, I'm pushing back and I'm pushing back twice as hard. Mm. Uh, I'm having an attitude of, I'm not only going to, you know, we were just talking about our, um, bridge service. Uh, that we're putting online, the online version will be significantly better than what we ever could do live and in person. And we designed it to do that just to show that's what happens. When you push us back, we push back twice as hard. So that's, I think, an attitude uh, that we need to cultivate when things get – when we feel like there's a lot of negativity happening our direction – Second thing I want us to look at is, you know, what are our goals? Because it's, it's tough to say, okay, you know, I've got negative thoughts. I want to have not negative thoughts. I, I don't know what that is. That's just, that's just nothing. You know, the, the, the goal cannot be nothingness or what have you. So let's set this as a goal. Our goal is this word, tranquility. I want some tranquility. This is the thing I think when we get into a crisis mode of any kind or anything going wrong, you you lose a job, your car breaks down, whatever the thing is, you get into this mindset of I need to be in game face mode. I need to be geared up and tightened up and I need to get hard and whatever have you. Uh, If I can find a little moment of tranquility in the middle of that, my brain works better. I'm able to plan. I'm able to strategize. I'm able to make smart decisions. I'm able to stay ahead of this thing. So I'm actually better off on every level. If I get to that tranquility, my brain is telling me you're better off to panic. It's, it's time to panic, whatever it is, panic, panic will get us out of this. You know, <laughs> That's not, that is not how this works. You know, it's the disaster movie where someone always, says, yeah, we're not, we're never going to make it. Then somebody slaps them and they, <laughs> whatever that that's because panic yeah. is not helping so we had to get to that tranquility final point on all this is uh, you know around here we talk a lot about having a bunker mentality you're just barricaded in and uh, you know you're just uh, kind of hanging back and barricading away all the you know the the painful things in life we're dealing with a literal situation where you have to sort of be bunkered in right now so uh I think it's a it's about unbunkering, you know, figuring out a way to connect with people, calling people, calling relatives, connecting with people that you know that you that you love. And it's about when you're doing that, finding something fun. We're mm. we're again, we're getting we're moving into the positive. That's our whole intent. We're going to find ways of having fun that we never found before this happened so that this is going to trigger something that's going to enrich our lives for the future. So I think that's uh, what we're looking at on this uh, on this subject.
0: That's an incredibly strong place to start. And Jed, I think uh, Glenn makes a very, very good point of getting to that place of that tranquility, getting that place of fun. If we're in these spirals, as he's talking about, what does getting to a place where we're just holding back the spiral and just finding something to do with ourselves, what's that step look like?
4: That's a great question. And I definitely agree with everything Glenn's saying. Um, and that's for sure where we want to land and where we want to wind up. So kind of let's look at starting from uh, a, a rough place where we, as you say, we're, we're in that spiral and it's really working on us. I think the first thing that we want to look at is that literally anything is better than nothing. Mm. The absolute worst case is you're sitting in your room with nothing to do just staring at a wall that that's absolutely the worst case if you're struggling with the kind of things that that you describe but the good news on that is that means that anything that you would do would be an improvement over that um are there dishes in the sink that need to be washed washing those dishes is better than sitting in that room by yourself staring at the wall yeah way way better yeah and so what that means is we can begin to find some easy wins. And and this is really, really important because when you're going through a rough time of any kind, actually starting with the easy wins is, is the right way to go. I, I think one of the things that's a struggle for a lot of us is we want to jump from having a really hard time to sweet perfection in one go. And that's pretty hard to do. We, we do way, way better to figure out what are the things that will work right away that will give me a sense of victory and a sense of momentum that I can build on, right? So that I can get to that place that I ultimately want to be with. So let's look for the easy wins. The first easy win I want to suggest to you is uh, sleep, actually. Uh, most people don't get enough sleep at night. And if there were ever a time where you can almost certainly get more and sufficient sleep, it, it would actually be this time. So... um you, you know your own body you you know the amount of sleep that you need but um i would definitely suggest getting enough sleep is going to help with with literally everything uh, the second thing that i would look at is how many things do you have in your day that you kind of know you have to do but that under normal circumstances you do in a rush um let's slow down and let those be a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more of a ritual in other words maybe you you um you, t- you take a shower every night, but, you know, you're, you're, because you're in a hurry, you're trying to just knock that out in five minutes so you can get on to the, to the next thing. Give yourself more time to do that in a more relaxed fashion. You, you can actually do that with most of the stuff that you do in your, in your daily routine. You also probably enjoy all of it a lot more. Mm. And, and these, are, these are easy wins. These are things that we're probably going to do anyway that we can take a more relaxed pace with. It will take a bit more time, meaning that we have less overall time to fill in the day. Uh, these are all easy wins. The other thing that I would suggest that's really good advice that that uh, I, I read from a, a therapist a while back is the idea of if you can't be happy, be productive. Let me say that again. If you can't be happy, be productive. If you're in a place where it just feels like I can't imagine feeling good right now, I can't imagine feeling happy right now, I can't imagine feeling like I'm having a good time right now, and we all get to places where we feel that way, then the thing that we can do is we can decide to do something that will move some small area of life forward that we will look back on and be glad we did. Something that is productive. Mm-hmm. That could be something really immediate, like the dishes in the sink. That could be the friend that you've been meaning to write a note to for six months and you've just been putting it off and you can finally write them that note. That could be reorganizing your sock drawer. But any degree of productivity is better than just sitting in a room mad at yourself and mad at the world. If you can't be happy, be productive. A hundred percent, the place that we want to wind up is figuring out how to have some fun, how to let our hair down, how to have some peace and serenity and relaxation. That's where we want to wind up for sure. But if we're starting from a place of feeling tense and feeling in that spiral, We want to make sure that there's plenty to eat, that we're eating regular meals, that we're we're hydrating, that we're doing all that good stuff. And remember, if we're having a hard time being happy, let's focus on being productive.
0: Excellent, excellent stuff. And Lee, I'd love to to get you to link these two things we talked about for So we've got this great place that Glenn wants us to land, which is absolutely right. And Jed's talking to us about getting in motion. So let's say we're in motion, but not exactly on the right track. We're in motion on the... The doing the dishes and the, you know, getting the, the drawer sorted. We want to move towards fun. How does that happen?
2: The thing is, I love where both of these guys are going on this. Um, I, I, I think that the thing that we need to do is to change the channel. You know, the thing about your brain is, is that it's constantly looking for something to be excited about. And in the absence of that, it refers back to all those negative thinking patterns. The time that we're living in is an undoubtedly strange time, but there's actually a lot of cool stuff that you can do for people. Glenn's talking about um, serving people. Jed's talking about on the same tack. And what I would encourage you is to think about what are cool ways that we can stay connected to people and affect people's situation right now where we are in the midst of this really weird time. The cool thing is is that you know people right now who are um in different situations one they may be you may know people that are on kind of the front lines of helps industries so you may know somebody who's in the healthcare industry somebody who's in kind of uh like essential services like grocery or convenience stores or something like that um and you also may know people that are in situations where they are not at work, not able to show up and do anything, and so they are feeling maybe isolated, alone, all that, those kinds of things. What I w- would encourage you to do is to think about people in both of those groups, people who are at work because they are in kind of essential services, people who, and then people who are not at work because their jobs have been put on hold and they are in isolation or whatever. And think about, how could I encourage those people? Maybe even make a list. There are some people that you could call, that you could FaceTime with, that you could send messages to. People that you're connected with on Facebook. People that you're connected with on Instagram or Tumblr or Twitter or whatever. And folks who you could encourage right now where you are. This is one of those times that feels like, what could I do? How could I help? But actually, you can help a lot. There's something that you could do right now today that might pick up somebody who's on the front lines serving people in a healthcare industry. There's something you could do right now for people who are stuck at home and can't do anything. You can encourage them. You can build them up. You could give them a verse or a thought, or you could just keep it light and be a source of, of fun and you know your inside jokes and all that kind of stuff. We have an incredible ability to be connected with people that we're not physically present with. We can get innovative about that stuff, and you can give yourself to serving people. The cool thing is is that when you serve somebody, when you encourage somebody, when you pick somebody up with your words or your text or your voicemail or whatever it is, the the one who designed this whole universe and designed you designed you to feel a lot of fulfillment and pleasure when you do that, I want to encourage you to lean into that process because you can have a huge impact, a bigger impact than you can even imagine. And I would encourage you to start with thinking about this question. Who do I know that's on the front lines in the healthcare industry? Who do I know that's on that is still working because they are in essential services like stocking shelves at a grocery store or whatever? And then changing tack. Who do I know that is stuck at home and maybe isolated? Who do I know that lives alone? Who do I know that might need a word of encouragement or a conversation or something like that? You can have a big impact, and that's going to come from changing the channel right now. Your brain is looking for something exciting, some purpose, some meaning, and you've got that. You've got the tools in place, and you can do what it takes. I would encourage you to try that right now today where you are.
0: That is really, really good stuff, and I think it links those, those two ideas so beautifully. I think everyone can go through those times where they are talking kind of like what, Jed's, what Jed was talking about there, when they feel like they're just sitting staring at a wall, we can swing too far the other way, and feel like we're trying to do uh, everything at once. And if you can apply all three of those things these guys gave you, I think this is going to go a long way towards helping you keep your sanity, which is an excellent goal given the situation we've been given. All right, we're gonna move on to our second question here. It comes in anonymously to our email address and it says, I'm panicking about my husband being six months unemployed from a well-paying and incredibly stressful job with unemployment about to run out and worsening job prospects all the while waiting for the world to implode. But mostly I'm panicking if I've done enough to help others, found enough ways to be kind, to be charitable. This doesn't seem right. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Please help. And I'm struck by a lot of this question. Obviously, there's a lot going on here, but Jed, I think this uh, rush to self-judgment when we're dealing with bad circumstances is definitely an understandable impulse and maybe the first thing we need to shake off to get to a positive place on this, right?
4: No, I totally agree. My friend, I'm really glad that you wrote in, and I'm so sorry for what you're going through and for what you and your family are going through. Uh, it's tough stuff, and we stand with you. We are praying for you. We love you. We believe in you. You can't change anything about your past. Um, you're saying you're wondering if you found enough ways to be kind and to be charitable. Uh, if you were, if you did enough to help other people, uh, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I I don't know, but I do know you can't change anything about your past at all. the The thing that's before you is today you you can actually only start from where you're at today and in a sense um it it kind of doesn't actually matter if you were super charitable in your past or not um i i imagine you you probably were if if you care enough about it that you'd be writing into this podcast with this question that in the midst of all that you're going through that's the thing that would be weighing on your heart i i suspect you probably were but in another sense, it, it kind of doesn't matter because you can only move forward from where you are at today. Uh, and the truth is that people's life situations change. I mean, if we go back in time a year and a half ago, maybe you were in a position where you could cut big, fat, regular checks to your local homeless shelter. Well, that's great. Awesome. Wonderful. And maybe today you're in a position where you really can't do that. That's that's okay. That that happens. People's life situations change. Sometimes they change for the better. Sometimes you know, they they change in a direction that we're inclined to think of as for the worse, but people's life situations change. That doesn't that doesn't make whatever generosity happened in the past more or less valuable, and it doesn't make what you're capable of today more or less valuable. Um we 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 have a, a strange way of of wanting to almost have like a score the way you would in a video game to know how we're doing and if we're going to level up anytime soon. But that's that's not how life works and it's not how the Christian life works. Every day that you wake up is, is actually what you have to work with. So the thing that I want to encourage you to look at is to set aside what you did or didn't do in your past. Again, my suspicion is that you probably were we're quite generous if, if you're that concerned about it, but I would encourage you to set that aside and look at today and ask, what opportunities do you have to be generous today? What opportunities do you have? You mentioned being responsible. What opportunities do you have to better your own situation in a responsible way today? Those opportunities are almost certainly going to be different than what was before you a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. That's okay what's before you today and how do you begin to live into that if you can if you can dig it um maybe 2 years ago you had a bunch of money and you could have given a big fat check to a local homeless shelter but today maybe you have time where you can simply go and volunteer at that homeless shelter one of these is actually not more important than the other both of them matter both of them are valuable But engaging in the thing that's before you today goes back to what we were talking about in our last question, which is it's going to get you in motion. It's going to get you living into the life that you actually have right now today, which I think is going to wind up with you having a lot more joy and a lot more peace right now. And that's the thing that we want for you is the joy and the peace that you can have today.
3: Yeah,
0: that is that is absolutely right. And Lee, where would we pick up from there?
2: I mean, I'm right on the same wavelength with Jed. I think that the thing that's so interesting about the time that we're living in right now is that it gives us an inab well, it's forced us in an into a kind of an inability to, to live in the future very much. Because every single moment is changing so much. I mean, we we make a plan for um for how we're gonna handle next week and then you know state and local government comes out with a new regulation or the CDC comes out with a new regulation and we have to alter those plans. It's a very interesting time to be alive because where we would normally live kind of three weeks in the future, we're all in a state where we realize I'm going to have to live right now in this present moment. Jed's exactly right. The past has already happened. It's closed. That's a closed book. You can't do anything about it. And in a way, you can't make a lot of plans about the future because we have no idea what's going to happen. I, yep. I I just played music at a wedding yesterday where w- when this couple planned this wedding six months ago, they had invited 250 people to this wedding. Well, because of what's going on in the world today, there were eight people there. And the only reason that I was one of those eight people was because I had to furnish the music. Otherwise, it was parents and grandparents. That's it. That was the whole. We had an officiant and we had the parents and grandparents and we had the couple. And then I was standing there with a, with a musical instrument. Everybody's plans are going haywire. The really, really interesting thing about that is that when Jesus talked in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, give no thought for tomorrow. This was a command that he had. Because he, he knows, as exactly as Jed's saying, the past is closed. You can't do anything about it. The future, you don't know anything about it. And so what I want you to do is I want you to trust me for the future I want you to let the past be settled by grace, and I want you to live in this moment right now with me. We are in such an interesting moment right now where we're being forced to kind of do that. If we can let go of the past, we don't know what's going on in the future. We can actually live in this current moment. What you guys are facing is such a scary thing, and and I don't want to make light of that because I, what I want to say is I'm praying for you. So I don't know how you're handling it. I don't know how you're facing it. But what I would say is it is an interesting moment that we have to actually take Jesus at his word and say, all right, past is closed. I have no idea what I'm going to have to do tomorrow, um, how we're going to, you know, if we're going to be able to go out, if we're going to be able to go to work, if we're going to be able to do whatever. And so I'm just going to have to trust the Lord. I'm going to have to live in this moment. And the interesting thing is that's kind of the way we're supposed to be doing this thing the whole time we are in we are in a moment where we get to live out the words of Jesus basically because we have to and um and that's kind of a cool thing it's it's a scary thing of course and we are allowed to have our emotions on that but it's kind of a cool thing too because it gives us an opportunity to say all right lord i'm going to let the book be closed on the past as jed's saying and I'm going. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, so I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to ask you, "What do you want me to do in this moment that I'm facing?" And that's probably the most important question. What do we do right now? How do we cover this moment in a lot of grace and find out what you're asking me to think, feel, and do right now today?
0: All very, very good stuff. And Glenn, I'd love to get to get you to go back to the, to this mindset that is is the undercurrent of this question. And I imagine it's not even conscious to our question asker, but this idea of um, charity is good. I'm worried I didn't do enough good things, and now bad things are happening, which are in the same vague realm of money and giving and all that. How do we start to deconstruct something that is this deep in these layers?
1: Well, yeah, I think you can get superstitious pretty quick of, you know, am I being punished because I didn't do enough good in the past? But then, you know, that's what the enemy is going to try and put in your head. But then you turn around and say, "Okay, I'll be really good and generous now. And the devil comes along and says, oh, you're just doing that so you can get a job. (laughs) You're being selfish all over again. There's no way to win this game. So the the way that we handle that is, is we don't play it. Uh, the reality is, yeah, ch- being charitable is good. Uh, everything about our uh, life that we do in helping people, we rely on people like you being charitable and, and, and giving generously. We know exactly how much of a difference that makes. Uh, I can tell you emphatically every little bit makes a difference. It's not like you if you're below a certain threshold, it just doesn't matter. Uh, but I so yeah, charity ma- matters and it's good and it's important. But uh, charity towards yourself is important too.
4: Amen. Uh,
1: to to the yeah. Lord, there's not a big divide between those two. And the more you are charitable to yourself, the more that you look after yourself. I'm not talking about adorning yourself with the things and trying to pursue material stuff and all that. I'm just saying if you if you wake up and say i'm going to do this thing because i love myself i'm going to you know my my favorite i'm going to go to my favorite park and i'm going to sit right. and eat my favorite sandwich because i love myself mm. if you have that attitude not only are you going to be pouring into you in a way that you can pour into others but you'll it'll be like the next logical thing it it'll just be like you know i i'm good to me i'm good to this person i'm good to whoever's in in my orbit here uh you're you're setting that in motion starting with yourself but it will inevitably flow to other people so i think when we look at charity and giving and helping we want to put you inside the picture of that and almost as if it's flowing through you and you know making sure that you get your your share of that so i I wanted to read you a verse that i think Uh, Covers a lot of this. This is uh, Romans five. We're going to look at uh, verse three through five on it, and uh, it says uh, we are full of joy even when we suffer. And dude, whatever you're smoking, pass it this way. I I need some of that. (laughs) We are full of joy even when we suffer. That sounds. I want to get that holy. I'm I'm on my way, but I think I got a, a ways to go. We're full of joy even when we suffer, but so how how is he going to justify that? He says we know that our suffering gives us the strength to go on. It's kind of a wild way of putting that, isn't it? That your suffer- suffering uh, we think makes us tired and makes us uh, right. want to quit, right. you know, because we we. But suffering, you know, you either crushed by it or it calls something forth in you, even if you feel like you're about to just faint dead away. If you haven't, you're getting stronger, and that, that strength is doing stuff. So he, starting with verse 4, what, is, what does the strength do? He says, the strength goes on and produces character. We were talking about that uh, in, a, in a recent uh, uh, podcast about character. Uh, this, this strength to go on, this perseverance, it produces in us a uh, character. We're changing in our essence, and our essential being, and who we are. I think you've already gone through that suffering. I think you are stronger for it, and it's produced a, that character. That character is where you're getting the impulse to give to others and help other people. So it, you're, this is you. We're talking about you right now. You are fulfilling this. It's suffering produces character. And here's the next part. He says character produces hope. And it's a hope that will never bring us to shame. And I think that's really what I want you to land on here. Have that sense of hope that comes from that character. And so how does that work? Well, here's the thing. Uh, somebody somewhere was struggling and they said, I can't even imagine who, what, when, or where this will get solved. Like some angel will have to drop out of the sky and just help me. And then you came along, dropped out. Well, you didn't drop out of the sky, but you dropped out of wherever you are. And you just helped somebody. Maybe you didn't know them, maybe whatever. And it's like a miracle for that person. Mm. It's like this was from nowhere. Mm. You gave that hope to somebody else because it just came out of nowhere. But the, the, the way that that's supposed to quicken inside you, the way that's supposed to take root inside you is to say, I can have hope because I did it for somebody else. I know how easy the Lord can move in my life for someone else to do that for me. So hope never brings us to shame, no matter how desperate the situation is. There's there's always that understanding that when we have that hope, we're not going to touch bottom. We're not going to be lost. Uh, and why is that? That's because God's love has been poured into our hearts. This happened through the Holy Spirit who's given to us. So let's let's as we move forward with, with hope as our goal that's coming out of this character that you've developed. Let's start that process of getting into that hope with letting God just fill you up with his love right now.
0: That's all really, really fantastic stuff. Um when I when I correspond to this person by email, I pointed out something that uh that we talked about on the show before, which is as Glenn kind of mentions the way the enemy can play with stuff. One of the interesting tactics you notice if you kind of do the kind of work that all of us do long enough is if he can't attack your weakness he'll attack your strength and make you think it's a weakness um it's always the the kindest people who worry that they're jerks it's always the most patient people who worry that they're going off half cocked and in this case let's look at this you're facing real financial problems unemployment uh, the job market, the stock market is uh, currently on fire, and not in the en fuego way that when something <laughs> good's happening, just literally burning. And your thought was, "I am worried. I did not find it. I have not found enough ways to be kind to other people." Just on the bare facts of that, that's pretty amazing. That's that's that is as we point out, a selfless, generous, charitable person. That's right. So if you have that much of that, the enemy's best play is to make you question it enough to stay home. As we pointed out, uh, we live in an interesting point where you can do a lot from home. You can call someone who maybe you think is having a hard time. You can run to the drugstore for an elderly uh, neighbor. There's plenty of little things you can do. And here, here's the thing about that, is it's not going to make you feel like you're an amazing charitable person. Because that's not the point. It's going to make you stop thinking about... Your kind of existential questions of whether or not you're a good person or not. Um, cause that's really where we get into the Christianness of it. And the, the t- taking up your cross and the dying yourself is kind of, as, as Glenn was mentioning there, part of the mind game is you, is you'll get and say, Oh, well, I'm just going to get, you know, the medicine for my elderly relative. Cause I want to feel like a good person. Isn't that what a bad person would do? Well, who gives a crap while you're doing it? You're getting medicine for someone who needs it and can't get it. That's what matters. That's what we're doing. We can look at the reality of those things, and that's where you're going to start to catch a gear on this. As as we often say on the show, this is one of the things where we can't let the emotions lead. We have to Mm. look. There are some good things you can do, some clear things you can do. Do those, and the emotional, the existential kind of stuff will definitely catch up. We're going to jump to our final question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr, and it says... I love Jesus more than anything in this world and I want to be with him forever when I die, but I've been told by Catholic and Orthodox folks that I may not be saved because I'm Protestant. I'm terrified of being separated from Jesus forever and actually had a panic attack and some nightmares over this. I am so confused and scared. Help. Thank you. So uh, obviously we can we can deal with the theology of this very, very quickly on on this grand scale. Um, saved is saved. Um, the things that differentiate Protestants, Catholics, and Orthodox is so hilariously... Uh, made up over so many centuries. It's kind of insane. But, Leah, I'd love to get you to kick us off. And I think there's a thing under this that we all deal with, maybe not this correctly, that we all need to have an antidote to, which is that idea of, I know I'm doing a Christian thing, but is it possible there's this big blind spot I'm missing, that my mm. theology has this big problem, and that just undoes everything? I think we all have those moments. So what do we say to ourselves yeah. when we do?
2: Yeah, I think you put that really well. I, I like the word antidote. And, and I think uh, I think you're circling it well when you say, like, I, I, you know, I'm trying to do this, but is there something that I missed? I, I remember having when I when I was in college, I remember having this especially like at the second semester of my senior year. I'm like about to graduate and I would wake up in cold sweats with this dream that I was having that I had forgotten a, an essential class. And because I had not taken this class, I didn't have quite enough hours to graduate. And I was going to show up at graduation and they were going to look at me and say, no, dude, no. And I'm like, but four years and all the money and all the tests and all the essays and everything. And they were going to say, yeah, but, you know, you forgot that one thing you didn't sign or something. You know, like some technicality that was going to undo all of this. And what's so interesting to me is that you, in the question that you have written us, you have said in the question, I love Jesus so much. You know, that's really the end of it. You love Jesus. You know, like you, you, you love Jesus. That's it. You're, you're good. I mean, I, I'm not the one who gets to make the final call on that, but you're, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is this that Almighty God, has actually left heaven and become a human being and endured the the crappy life of a poverty-stricken nobody in the middle of nowhere and then died this horrible death. And the whole reason was extremely personal. The whole thing was actually about you. You as an individual. He wanted you to be in his family and in his home and his forever. He went to every length and did everything imaginable so that he could very personally and very intentionally have you in his in his in his life and in his heaven in his home and no little technicality is going to cross you out of that there is no there's no class that you miss no form you didn't fill out or anything like that and and exactly as matt said all the little doctrinal whatever's those are not the things that matter. The truth is Jesus loves you and you love him, and that's really the end of the matter. And as Glenn would say, uh he loves you and anybody that has a problem with that can meet Jesus in the parking lot. Because yeah. he's already settled the matter. And the the thing there is there the the thing that we would say on the emotional component of that is that we are sorry that somebody has lied to you about the love of god um
3: yeah.
2: the the bummer here is that someone in a position of authority has made you feel like you are on shaky ground with your relationship with god and what god would say is you are not on shaky ground with me there's a psalm i think it's in like the it's in the 120s and i'm kind of i'm just thinking of this right now but i i think it might be 125 that says that you are um, that you are uh, surrounded by a fortress that's in mountains, and that is completely and totally protected. You are not on shaky ground. You are in the most solid ground that you could possibly be in because the love of God has gone to every length to have you. And I'm so sorry that someone has lied to you about God's love for you and your safety in that. But you can take comfort in the fact that in, in just writing to us, you've said, man, I love Jesus so much. My hope for you is that that you can reject the false teaching that you've gotten, really, and just come to a place of peace through just the comfort of the Holy Spirit that he's, that he would say to you, put the squeeze on your heart that we would have for you, that, hey, you are good. You are his, and you and you don't have to worry about that.
0: Uh, That's a a really beautiful place to start off. Glenn, let me get you to pick us up here. Cause um, again, if we kind of peel, go a layer up, there's the actual conversation that this person's had, which we're so sorry for. But again, it's, it's pretty simple. They're wrong. You're right. You are as saved as anyone. But again, we all have that moment of, Oh, did I, I guess I didn't read that book or I guess I don't quote that thing enough. Or I didn't know that term. Am I some kind of, as Lee's talking about, kind of backbench Christian because I didn't know the team cheer? How do we deal with those yeah. kind of feelings in ourselves?
1: Well, yeah, I wonder where we got the idea that it's complicated. Because I don't, I don't know that that's anywhere in the Bible. You know, that there's a lot of maneuvers, that a lot of configuration that you have to, a lot of boxes you have to tick or something like that. I, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, also... It's really important for us to remember in moments like this uh, that when we when we die and we pass away and we face the throne of judgment, none of these people will be there. That's right. Uh, none of them will have any say whatsoever in your eternal destiny. There, Nobody gets a vote. It's just you and God. Here's the second thing that's super important for you to know. God wants you to be saved. He wants it. That's right. He's gone to extraordinary lengths, as Lee was pointing out, to make it happen because he wants it. If it's in your mind that he doesn't want it, that's where the whole problem is with all of this. And maybe other people see that fear in you and they're manipulating you through that. But let's recognize God wants it 100%. If you want it, then where is this really going to go off the rails? I mean, what? Who else? If nobody else has vote, no one else is in this. You want it, he wants it. I think we're done here. Uh, we can try and figure out a way that is that complicated. Is it? Is it not? But you know, uh, you're you're going to figure out that it, you, whatever God's will is for this situation, if you're in alignment with it, you don't have to worry about him leaving you off to the side. Now, here's another thing I would like to point out. Uh, because uh, we have some uh, interaction with you, you mentioned, uh, you know, hearing from Catholic people, we have interaction with uh, uh, Catholic priests uh, through our work. Uh, certainly, through prison ministry for years and years, I've dealt with that. I've I've lectured at some uh, Catholic universities and and talked to those people. You know, to do the theology bit and all of that. I can tell you, none of them would have said this to you. Yeah, absolutely, none of them would have said any of this to you. That's not to say we couldn't find someone somewhere, but the actual people who are boots on the ground, you know, they might shade it this way or that way in a way that I wouldn't agree with or whatever. But the reality is this is not a Catholic message that you're getting. That's, that's not what this is. Uh, It's also important to recognize we have to get out of the team thinking. I don't know any two people that have the exact same belief about God. So, you know, it's okay that you want to, you know, put yourself in a group and call yourself a name or whatever. But I I talk to, you know, Presbyterians all the time that that aren't nearly as Presbyterian as they apparently think they are. Uh, You know, so it just doesn't matter. I mean, nobody sticks to the theology of whatever group they're in that strictly, So we can then just kind of tune all that out and really focus on what does the Lord say, Uh, and we're we're worried. You're you are worried about what happens after you pass away. I want to look at uh, Colossians three verse three. This is one of my favorites, Uh, and it it, this is uh, kind of monumental because this is the quote: "You died, you have died, and your life is now hidden." with Christ in God. So it's you you you've already died to yourself, you've already uh you know left your old life behind, you're being changed and renewed. And then you and Jesus are inside of God, hidden and protected from everything mm. now. Yeah. So what are you what what are we worried about that's going to happen later? You you've already died to your old self. You you've died to your old life. Uh, you still have a long way to go on on sanctification, so do I. We're all just going to do the best we can with that, but the the best way I'm going to do that is to trust in the love that God has for me and follow that and let that change me from the inside out.
0: That's all really fantastic stuff, and Jed, where would you close us out with this?
4: I think these brothers have already totally nailed down every theological aspect of this, so I'd like to look at just kind of one very simple life application takeaway from this. So a couple months ago, my wife and I were doing some traveling and we were staying at a bed and breakfast. So we got up in the morning and we went down and we had our breakfast. And I kid you not, I think this may be the best omelet I've ever had in my entire life. It was unbelievable. This food was incredible. And so the guy who runs the bed and breakfast, he stops by our table and he says, is everything okay? Is everything to your liking? And Hallie says to him, it's amazing. It's fantastic. You are such a good cook. And he said two things that totally just blew my mind. He said, oh, thank you. That's wonderful. I know. And <laughs> well, I, that's awesome. Isn't it? Let, yeah, let, yeah, let me play, yeah. Let's play that out again. This is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. You're such a good cook. Oh, thank you. I know. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. I want to be great. that guy. Right. Right? Well, <laughs> now, here, here's the reason that I tell you that story. A, I love it. But B, it actually applies to your situation. It turns out you're a good cook when you decide you are. Yeah. There's 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 no good cook governing body that <laughs> grants you a plaque that declares you an official good cook. You're a good cook when you decide you are. That's it. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, but Jed, I mean, if I had like a restaurant with my name on it and three Michelin stars, well, then, I mean, that's kind of like proof. No, it's not. I can't tell you how many accomplished people are in no way convinced of their own skill, ability, oh. and standing. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. You are legit when you decide you're legit. Oh no, at anything. Hey, Amen. It could be cooking, it could be running, it could be art, it could be Christianity. You're legit when you decide you're legit. That's it. And again, I know, actually, if you can dig it, this is a for real honest fact, um, a lot of people go to seminary because they feel uncertain about their own walk with God and they think seminary will fix it. Yeah. That's a true fact. I'm not making that up. Seminary can't do that because... In everything, you're legit when you decide you're legit. Now, here's the life application. Here's the takeaway for you. It's a thought experiment that I want to encourage you to look at. If you woke up tomorrow and just you decided me and God are cool, I'm as Christian as Christian gets, I'm 100% legit, what's your next step? If this concern was dealt with, with a vengeance, we never have to worry about it again, what's your next step? Now that we know in our heart of hearts that we are a legit Christian, we Christian as good as anybody, what's next? What are we doing? Are we going and and there's a group of people that we should have a heart for that are hurting we want to help? Is there a group of people who have never heard the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ and we want to take that good news to them? Is it something else? I don't know. But I think that's the thing that we really need to look at. That's the thing that we really need to focus on because there's, if you can dig it, there's kind of nothing else other than living it out that's going to take away the pain of, yeah, but am I sure? That, that, that one oftentimes takes time to deal with. But the more that we live it out, the more that we get up day after day and decide, no, I'm legit. Like like both these fellows are saying, God loves me, I love God, right that's it. I'm as Christian as Christian gets, therefore, on that basis, here's my next step. Here's the thing that I'm doing. That's how we get to a place of being just completely unshakable. And it turns out we'll make the world a way better place in the process, so it's very much a win-win. But that's what we want for you. We want that unshakability and for you to live into the calling and the purpose that God has for you. We love you. We got your back. Shake off all the nonsense. Don't give it the time of day.
1: Amen. That's
4: uh,
0: absolutely right. I, I, I will close out discussion with one of my absolute favorite quotes from a uh, writer I love named Frederick Buechner, who said, theology, like fiction, is largely autobiographical. Um, I love it because I think that's true. And we need, maybe if you aren't a theology person, if this is not your jam, we need to understand that, as uh we would often put it, this is all made up stuff. Theology is not uh, an observed A science where we we did experiments and we observed it and we're gleaning stuff from those things, it's philosophy. These people, you know, they read stuff, they have their thoughts, and some of it's probably pretty close and some of it's interesting, but as Glenn pointed out, nobody, no group has perfect theology. That is not a thing. And so we don't need to worry about gaps, that we have gaps in our theology. We do. If you start out where you did with I love Jesus, I want to be with Jesus, then no theolo- no gap in theology can undo that. It's worth pointing out. All right. If you have a question for us, set podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. A reminder that every Tuesday uh, until you hear otherwise at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, we will be doing live streams on our Facebook page, facebook.com Ooh. slash thebridgechicago of our bridge service and being cruelly this show will come out on wednesday you just missed it but the video is still <laughs> archived at that same facebook page so go check out the last couple and get ready for the next one coming up as ever we're going to take out the song this is from our friends pete and tasha Lawson. and yeah. this is their take on the awesome mm-hmm. hymn a mighty fortress take out that mm-hmm. thanks for listening just remember we love you god loves you there's nothing you can do about it
1: to say that podcast stay tuned for more info on our new all say that podcast Oh, man, I wrecked that. Sorry. (laughs) I
0: think it's perfect.
1: Edit point. The Say That That Podcast. Stay tuned for more info on our new Say That All Cheeto cookbook.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was worth it. Almighty fortress is our God. Our bold work never failing. Oh